Welcome to Troutland Behind the Scenes. I'm Chad Corey. Episode 3, An Introduction to Traladrin, Part 3, Modern Day. If you've been following along with the last two podcasts, you will have kind of had a little summary nutshell of the history of Traladrin, giving you the idea of how it came to be generated in the first place, and then the progressive process of it being fleshed out and then torn apart and then almost thrown away and then reformatted and all that fun stuff during the middle years until we get into now, which is the modern day or present day of the world setting. So that's kind of what we're going to cover today. And these years, just for a reference, if you're curious about it, the previous episode was in the 90s for the most part into the first part of 2000s. And we're going to continue with that now into the early parts of the 2000s all the way into modern time. So what happened during that time was, as I mentioned last episode, as I really, really got serious about making a literary property. I was done with trying to have uh, a game world setting that I could create and then maybe tell stories based off of it. I just wanted something completely separate, devoid of the game. So I went through, as we talked about last episode, just really tore out all the things that were tied into the game system game mechanics, terminology, tied, you know, tore all that out, tore out all the concepts of what I've learned from reading some of the Dungeons and Dragons novels and such. Just, you know, just tore out anything and everything I possibly could think of that would even connect it with uh, role-playing games in general, and then look at it from a literary standpoint and just focus on storytelling. And by the end of that period of time, I actually had some stories to tell, and that became the genesis of what would become the Wizard King Trilogy. And that is what I was trying to produce and get off the ground in the early 2000s when I was trying to find publishers for it. And that in and of itself is another interesting mini story of how it came about, things I've learned, things that I should not have done but did, things I did but I shouldn't have did. Um, But we'll we'll get to that later on in future episodes perhaps and explain more of that. But needless to say, at the end of a couple of years, I I was able to find a publisher They were a small press, and I was thankful to have the opportunity to get something out there. But like I said, there's a lot of stuff surrounding it, and we'll talk more about that later perhaps, that I was just not 100% satisfied with the the product and the the process and the experience in general. So I was kind of left a little bit disillusioned with writing in general. I kind of gave up on it for a short period of time, wanting to reassess and make sure this is something that I still wanted to do. Again, it was an idea that I thought, you know, came to me when I was 12 years old. And here I am, you know, several years later, is this something still that I want to to pursue? Once I got that figured out and decided, yes, I still want to do that and still want to pursue uh, publication, then I began to, again, do a, a reassessment of what what I'm doing and where I'm going. And I began to set Trilodin on the wayside for a little bit and focus on other projects and properties and things and begin to write them and create them and kind of give myself a break from something I literally have been doing nonstop for decades at that point in time and go back and kind of look at where I need to do what with what and you know, that kind of stuff. And after I had a little period of some clarity come to me, 
came back into it, reassessed it, and realized that there was still a whole lot of work that still needed to be done. <laughs> there was a lot of ambiguity that was still left in the process of the, the backgrounds, the stories, and things like that. And I realized that if I really wanted to be serious about making these novels work, both the current ones I had and ones for future that I had planned and even were writing then as I picked up writing again, I needed to have something uh, more solid, more coherent, uh, even better than what I had before. And that's really when I dug into it like never before and literally did a whole redesign of the world setting. Uh, came in there and just fleshed out what needed to be done, added things that needed to be added as far as like basic story elements and just basic history and things like that. I, I thought I had an idea with, with things, but I realized as I started getting more and more into the process of world design that I didn't have a clue with what some of these things meant, and I didn't really want to go back to what I was doing before, as I said in previous episodes, with making stuff up as I went along. That was not a very beneficial writing experience or process for me. So I knew I wanted to have everything figured out, fleshed out, finalized, so I could just go forward and not have to be concerned with anything in the the world setting and just everything was consistent if i needed a reference i could i know exactly where i needed to go and it would be consistent every time it would keep the books clean and consistent and so that's kind of what i did i went in and i started adding more more history fleshing things out making sure all the race stuff was good you know everything and anything that could be looked at i looked at i added a whole bunch of new stuff which you think might not even be needed you know things like weather and climate and, and coinage and measurement systems and you know time flow and just a whole bunch of different things that that at the time didn't really seem that important but now as i write we're, we're very important to making consistency and continuity in the stories possible and by doing that by going through and uh fine-tuning and fleshing out and developing the process not only did I get a whole lot more material out of the deal but a lot of the stories I'm telling now came from that because it's just it's almost a given when you start delving into backgrounds and histories and cosmologies and mythologies and stuff and even just racial backgrounds or national national backgrounds things like that you're going to start developing histories stories uh, antecedents, things like that, that you can kind of put together and form the genesis of new stories, short stories, whatever the case might be. And so now I suddenly had a whole bunch of material that I thought, you know, this is pretty fun. I like to tell a story about that, or this can tie in with this, or this can be interconnected here. And I began seeing all the ways that things could be put together and all the stories that could be told out of it. And I also began seeing an overall arcing storyline that could be part of the overall concept for Trilobin. And I think in that sense, this world setting, Trollodrin, is unique. I, again, I can't speak for every world setting out there that people are doing. But for as far as I know, this is a unique setting because it has the beginning figured out and I know how it's going to end. And it's completely kind of mapped out now. It's kind of an overarching plot, which keeps me really grounded on the structure of progress of stories and things like that. I know what has to be where, what needs to be done when, and... It just makes it so much easier, and everything seems more connected and more just real, I guess, for lack of a better word. So I really, really enjoyed that process. It's It was a very, very uh, time-consuming process and something that I maybe in retrospect, if I knew what I was going to be getting into, might not have been so excited to jump right into it with both feet. But I, I'm glad it was done. It needed to be done, and it was a process that I learned a lot in general about writing, which has helped me 
do a whole lot better now in writing future stories and things, and even doing world design for new projects and things. It's been a very, very nice and fresh concept on just getting down to the brass tacks and sharing what needs to be done and how and what is priority and what isn't priority and helping management of time. And it just, it was a great experience in that sense all the way through. So that's kind of what I've been doing for the last, oh my goodness, 10 years or so now, 10, 13 years in our timeline. So it was, it was taking taken a long time to get to that process. You know, in the meantime, I'm still writing other stuff. I'm still writing other stories and comics and things like that too. But as far as Trollodon is concerned, I am really focusing on developing, development, development, development. Because I've learned through the years now, which maybe I didn't talk about, I've learned what worked well in the stories when they came out. And I learned what did work well and kind of took the good stuff, dumped the bad stuff, and got better at writing in general, got better at you know the craft of writing, got better at promoting and doing things with it. And then finally had something I could put together for finished stories and a finished plan till we got to where we are now with the modern day Trilodrin. So I guess if you wanted to summarize the whole history of this world setting, a lot of revision, a lot of revision, a lot of rework, a lot of just sitting at the computer and typing up stuff that some people are probably never going to see or hear or know about. But it is very crucial to some elements in the story or even the feel and consistency of of the world setting. And that's really where, I, like I said, these last few years is where I really got into, like I said, the brass tacks and beyond that. I mean, the histories are just insane for lack of a better word because you're having to tell stuff about things like I said people probably won't even know about or care about at all reading the story but because elements of it will be there in the background or there are things that tie into just the setting and the flavor or the feel of something it's important to have that in there for the continuity the consistency the overall presence of that scene or world setting uh just it's it's fun I've like I said I've learned a lot I don't know if I'd do that, do that again. I think of all the worlds that I've done so far, uh, Trilodon by far is the most involved and uh, largest world setting that I have ever done, maybe even ever will do. It has thousands of pages of material, literally. It is, it is gigantic. And we're talking history, mythology, nations... We're talking races and religions and planets and planes. And it's, it just goes on. And like I said, monetary systems and political things and philosophy, just it goes on and on and on and on. And again, some people might say, that's really, really ridiculous. You don't need to do all that stuff. But again, I said from my perspective, it was needed because I wanted to have something that kept me on the same page. And for me, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that kind of stuff, you know, the philosophies and the religions and the and the mythology and the histories and stuff. I, I like that because it adds flavor and, and, and feel to the world. And in order to keep that believable and consistent, you got to have it written down somewhere and you got to have it written down in such a way that it's easy to access and you are not going to be confused, which I learned too because I was doing sometimes in the past using old material. I didn't realize it and I was writing stuff down with that. And I said, ah, I got to get rid of that. So yeah, it was a major cleaning out of all the old files and paperwork and stuff. And just like I said, making it completely different and standalone and finished. And that's what was done up until the present time and the modern time. And, you know, truth be told, it is still an ongoing process. I'm still adding stuff to it as I speak to you now. I'm still uh, fleshing things out, putting things into it because every new story, every new concept, every new thing that you do 
as the stories progress, there's more stuff to add, and as things need to be tweaked and updated in the background, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, a maintenance thing as well as a, a creative thing. You've got to maintain what you have, but also create as things continue to move forward. So that's kind of where we are now with the modern side of Trollodon. I think, hopefully, you have a better understanding of kind of what went into making it, at least in a nutshell, like I said before. And it might be of something of interest to you. If anything, you can probably learn from my mistakes and what not to do, and maybe get some inspiration on how you can make your own world settings and make your own stories in general with what I shared. And just wanted to pass this on real quick since I didn't do it in the last couple episodes. I wanted to make you aware, for those who don't know, I have a book out right now for sale, or actually in, in the stores. It's called Return of the Wizard King, the first book in the Wizard King trilogy. And that is, like I said, the first book in the introduction to the world of Trollodrin. And you should be able to find it online, in bookstores and libraries. It's an audio through recorded books. It's being printed in a trade paperback format through Dark Horse Books and distributed through Penguin Random House. So you shouldn't have a problem getting a hold of it at just about any location, which means I think it's also available globally as well. Uh, of course, with Amazon, just about is, but at least with English it is. So I just wanted to make you aware of that in case you guys were interested in that. And thank you for everyone who has purchased a copy or checked out of the library, whatever the case might be. I really do appreciate that. Book 2 will be coming out in a few months, November 24th, actually Thanksgiving Day weekend for those that want something to do before the Black Friday craziness takes place. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention or remind you guys again that if you had any questions or comments about anything, maybe something came up in this particular episode or in the podcast in general, do feel free to send me an email at behind at chadcorey.com. And that's C-H-A-D-C-O-R-R-I-E dot com. And again, if we get enough questions here or if some, I get some questions in that are relevant to what we're talking about here, I'll see about answering them on this episode, not this episode, but the next episodes that follow, and uh, hopefully share some more insight on that front as well. Otherwise, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey, all rights reserved.